Elders and sisters, welcome to the Preach My Gospel training podcast. I'm your host, Julia Carlson, and today we're here visiting with Elder Weatherford T. Clayton, the Assistant Executive Director in the Missionary Department, and Sister Amy A. Wright, Second Counselor in the Primary General Presidency. Now, our topic for today is about seeking to develop Christ-like attributes. Um, so maybe we can start with this. Most missionaries have some personal goals about becoming better disciples of Jesus Christ. Um, maybe, Elder Clayton, you could go first. What do you think are some of the key principles that missionaries really need to know about self-development and becoming like the Savior? This is such a very important thing to understand better. Uh, striving to follow the Savior is not the same as striving to just get ahead or make our lives better. The goals that we're talking about here are goals that bring us closer to our Lord. And uh, it's related to our covenant relationship with him and truly is our desire to serve others. Christ's attributes are gifts from God. Uh, striving to become like the Savior requires that we rely on him and that we humbly seek his help. So I, I would just say, you don't know what you can become and you, you don't know what God wants you to be, but he does. And it's our privilege to align with him. I think that's a that's a really great summary of um, how this is different than just trying to become better, right? To, it's so different. Yeah. Sister Wright, what would you add to that? I love that Elder Clayton talked about our covenant relationship with Christ. And as we're looking at key principles for missionaries, I think one of the greatest key principles, and this goes back to our covenant relationship, is that of repentance. Um, we often don't think of that as, as missionaries. We teach repentance, but when we repent, it's equal parts turning away from sin and turning to the Savior. And that's what we want these dear missionaries to do is have a relationship with the Savior that is so deeply profound and personal during their missions. I mean, a mission is a wonderful microcosm for change, yeah. right? You're not as influenced by the outside world. And so if there's something you want to work on or develop and you seek heaven's help in doing so, what a wonderful opportunity to do that, to strive to become more like the Savior. And as we repent daily, my husband always says, if we're not repenting every day, we need to repent for not repenting, <laughs> that we become more humble, we become more teachable, and we're yeah. more receptive to the promptings of the Spirit and the guidance of our Heavenly Father in, in those specific talents and abilities and gifts of the Spirit that He wants to bless us with. I love that comment about repentance. If I could just, the, something that I've grown to love is any time we're changing to be a little better, it's an act of repentance. Mm -hmm. Repentance is this positive, very, very happy principle the Lord has given us to become like our Savior. We're taught in section 93 that he grew from grace to grace yeah. and from grace to grace until he had a fullness. And he invites us to follow him. That growth is a piece at a time. And it's, it's a growth where as we follow him and strive to set the goals that are appropriate to the need at the time with the people we're striving to help, he can help us be much better than we are mm. in ways that we have no capacity uh, to make occur. I think that's really well said, Elder Clayton. You're just reminding me of the feelings I had. I served in California as a missionary, and looking back, I think I was really focused on my deficits, you know, what I wasn't. Uh, I don't know about any of you out there, but uh, I always felt guilty in the past, basically every day. 
I remembered, I remembered my sins and my failures much more than things that I'd done that were good. Hmm. And then this began to change as I started to gain a better understanding of Christ's life and his atoning sacrifice. Really changed me. As I began to better understand what the Lord wanted, uh, that he wanted to be with me, and that he wanted to help me grow to become more like him, then my daily guilt began to fall from my shoulders. Yeah. Now, I still feel guilty from time to time, but it's very different. It's, it's, uh, there is joy in the living that was very different from when I uh, didn't recognize that with Christ, there was no need to feel that way. Instead, to feel hope and joy and goodness in each and every day. Uh, it's so much better. Mm. I love, Elder Clayton, that you used the word strive. Whenever um, we would teach our boys, our sons, about the path of discipleship, we always described it as a path of continuous course corrections. Mm. And what a lovely thing that because of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we can make those course corrections. And as you talked about the Savior, I was reminded of in Matthew when he commands us to be therefore perfect, even as your Father, which art in heaven, is perfect. And then when he visits the wonderful children in ancient America, after he'd been resurrected, after he'd fulfilled all that he had covenanted to do, then he says, be therefore perfect, even as I and your Father, which art in heaven, is perfect. And so what that teaches me is that perfection cannot be obtained for me in this life until after I'm resurrected, and the Savior is the foundational part of that process. Yeah. And that it's not just being perfect, but perfected, which is an ongoing stretching and learning and course correction process. May I make a comment about that? I love that. Um, this idea of course correction speaks repentance to me. Every time we course correct to be more on the path the Lord desires for us, we're repenting, which is beautiful. And in the Greek, the word perfection, be you therefore perfect, in Matthew 5, mm -hmm. it means to be finished or complete. Mm -hmm. And he didn't consider himself that at that time until he was resurrected. I think it's much more, it's much healthier for, to th uh, for us to think about growth as not as being perfect, but as working toward being finished in the Savior, completed in Christ. Yeah. Whole and complete. It's beautiful. Yes. That's it's beautiful. beautiful. Well, and I love that, too, for uh, missionaries. You know, the privilege of representing the Savior isn't prerequisite on being perfect like him. Um, you've already touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to know what are some of the challenges you feel like missionaries face as we strive to grow and develop? Um, what are some of those challenges? I think one of the greatest challenges is comparing yourself to other missionaries. Oh, yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. And I love in Doctrine and Covenants chapter 46 where we learn about the gifts of the Spirit and how to some is given one and to some is given another that all may profit thereby. So to some, they may have the gift, um, the faith to be healed, whereas others have the faith to heal. Now, it's interesting that those are different gifts, but we still get the same result, yeah. right? And as we know, our Savior Jesus Christ is the embodiment of all spiritual gifts. That is the character of Christ. But God bestows different and specific and unique gifts to each and every one of us for a purpose. And in the scriptures, we read that it's that all may profit thereby so that we can bless one another's lives. But I also believe that it is so that we will need one another. 
Isn't that a beautiful thought to think that our Heavenly Father wants us to need one another? So when we're looking at missionaries, we're looking at companionships. Your companion needs you, and you need your companion. And so we need to stop comparing our weaknesses to someone else's strengths because both are needed for the missionaries to be successful. I love that thought, Sister Wright, that the differences between you and your companion can actually draw you together as a companionship. And as you work together with everyone's different gifts, you can accomplish more. Well, you think about it, one companion may just have a natural gift of talking to strangers. And it may just be something that fills their hearts with joy and is really easy to do. Whereas maybe they don't under, they're struggling with the language or maybe teaching isn't their strength, but their companion is a phenomenal teacher, but is a little bit more shy about approaching strangers. But you see where they both need each other to be successful as a companionship in order to make that contact and then to teach and testify of Jesus Christ. What a great insight. Other Clayton, what would you add to that? I love this. This is a great conversation. I think we have to be patient, recognize that growth takes time. Mm -hmm. And that as you were talking about companions, as we look at our companions, we're very different from our companions, but there's so much good in every companion we have. And we can watch them and learn from them and build them. Uh, and I think that's a, um, it could be a great challenge for us if we do not choose to recognize the good in our companion. And also, um, the focus, it shouldn't be on us and what we're doing. It's on the Savior. This is His work. For the rest of our lives, this is His work. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. I feel like that was something else so easy for missionaries to kind of get distracted by. Like You can actually take the Christ-like attribute assessment in chapter 6 of Preach My Gospel and be more focused on you than on the Savior, you know, or on the people that you're serving. But this idea that the reason God would bless us to improve is so we can be an instrument um, it's not about us and us checking off our goals. It's about us reaching where the Lord is taking us and Him guiding us along that path. Great. I'm really glad yes. you brought that up. Thank yes. you. Um, Elder Clayton, can you describe the impact you think that seeking these Christ-like attributes or spiritual gifts has on a missionary's interactions with others or their ability to fulfill their purpose? How does this seeking to become more like the Savior impact what they can do? I love this question. Let me share just a couple of thoughts on that. The first is, we had a wonderful missionary come to our mission. He was to speak Spanish. He needed to go to the Provo MTC and couldn't obtain his, his visa. So he was what we called a visa waiter. So his parents put him on the airplane. We picked him up at the Toronto airport, brought him to the mission home, and put him in with a, a companionship of Spanish-speaking missionaries. Um, and they helped him learn, and it was going okay. And about a month into his time, just before he went to the MTC, his companion looked at him in a lesson and asked him to bear his testimony of the Book of Mormon. He had been incorporating in him the, the Christ-like attributes of love and faith and hope, actively working to try to emulate those, those aspects of the Savior. And as he bore his testimony with maybe six words that he could use appropriately in Spanish, right. with tears streaming down his face, he bore his testimony and it changed the whole lesson because uh, uh, the, the spirit of, of faith and hope and love was so present in the room. People could feel how much he loved the Book of Mormon. Uh, another example from the Book of Mormon, which I love, is the influence of King Benjamin on the Nephites as mm. he was speaking, talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ and the mission of the Savior, and that we all 
will be, can be saved by him as we come to him. At the very end, they were so moved by that Christ-like attribute which he demonstrated with his faith and the way in which he could preach with the Spirit that it changed their lives and led to a capacity to learn much more from King Benjamin in chapter 4. Yeah. I love these Book of Mormon examples. One that came up for me this morning, actually, I was listening. Um, it just talks about how if all men would be like Captain Moroni, the powers of hell would be shaken. It doesn't say do the things Moroni did, but to be like him, you know, have the same attributes or qualities. And they gave me a lot of hope that missionaries might do things in a lot of different good ways, but that the qualities we develop as missionaries, um, they really bring power into our lives as we try to serve the Lord. So wh whatever we are doing, we can do it with humility or faith or love like you were talking about. Just one other comment about that. It's so important to understand that in and of ourselves, our own personal power, our own personal characteristics, our talents, they don't really change the world. But it's, it's when we're connected with the Lord and we are, he's blessing us with his attributes so that we can help others find him, that we feel power from heaven. Yeah. Um, it's such a beautiful thing to know that's available for absolutely every missionary, regardless of the circumstance. Every missionary can have that. I love that, Elder Clayton. That was uh, so insightful. Sister Wright, what would you add to this? I would just add that, as we know, charity is a gift from God. And the prophet Mormon said that we should pray into the Father with all energy of heart that we may be filled with this love. And I remember years ago hearing Elder Holland say that true charity happened only once. And so as Elder Clayton is testifying of Jesus Christ, and that it's all about Jesus Christ, I love that because it's not just his message and his ministry, but his mission that not only sanctifies and redeems, but also enables us to be more than we could possibly be on our own. Um, what else have you learned about setting goals for personal development from your own life? Sister Ray, what would you say about that? I think one that? of the most important things is to set obtainable goals. Um, that doesn't mean that there isn't stretching involved, and um, but if a goal is not obtainable, then it becomes meaningless. And so I know sometimes missionaries in our zeal and excitement and effort, we want to shoot for the stars, and that's good because... Sometimes as we're reaching for the stars, we need to give credit for our feet at least leaving the ground. Yeah. But it's also important that there are goals that you can actually fulfill and so that you can feel that validation and that confirmation of the Spirit that you're doing the right things. And, and a quick example, there was the sweetest little girl who decided that she, and she prayed about this, she sought revelation and guidance from her Heavenly Father, that she wanted to learn how to speak Chinese. And her parents were very wise, and they said, that is a wonderful goal. This is a nine, ten-year-old little girl. And so they counseled together on how she felt like she could accomplish this goal. And she decided she wanted to learn how to speak Chinese fluently in one week. <laughs> and instead of snuffing that goal, her parents said, okay, how can we help you? Yeah. Well, it didn't take long, maybe a day or two, that she realized that that wasn't going to be possible. And so she adjusted her goal and decided she'd learn a new Chinese word a day. Mm -hmm. And then that was even a little challenging. And so then it became one word a week. And she realized that this was a lifelong process and that it's okay to adjust your goals and to, like we talked about earlier, make course corrections 
and continuously seek guidance and direction from our Heavenly Father to obtain those goals. And I thought, what wonderful, wise parents to allow her to learn such a wonderful principle about goal setting at such a tender age. I love that little girl because I have a lot of that in me. You know, of course, I would think I could learn Chinese in a week. Actually, we have some missionaries who probably wish they could learn Chinese in a week. (laughs) Other thoughts, anything else you'd like to add, especially as you think about new missionaries? What would you tell a new missionary as they set personal goals and try to become like the Savior? Just a few things, if I could. Uh, First, for new missionaries, partner with the Savior. Number two, remember, you're not finished. Number three, be a sponge. You're there to learn. Yeah. Number four, be real as you're learning and be faithful. And then when you make mistakes, laugh. Learn from them. For trainers, I would say partner with the Savior. Remember, you're not finished either. Be kind. Praise freely. Um, Help your companion learn how to seek attributes to help other people. Not just for self-growth, but they're for a purpose. And then really help your companions succeed. It's a, a talent to learn. How do you help other people grow? Those are such great insights, Elder Clayton. There's so much to think about in there. Yeah. Sister Wright, what would you add for new missionaries? What would you tell them about personal goals? I love that, Elder goals? Clayton. As he was speaking, I was reminded of an experience I had when I was newly married. And there was a family member on my husband's side of the family that I really wanted to have a close relationship with. But our personalities, for whatever reason, it was really tough, and it took a lot of work. And And this was after several years of striving and trying to build a relationship that I really desired with this individual, and it was important that we had a good relationship. And so I decided once, once we moved back to Utah, we were close to a temple. I was already attending the temple every Friday with my sweetheart, with my husband, but I wanted to go by myself every Tuesday with the intent to fix this relationship or to make this relationship stronger. And I think in my immaturity, I thought that going every week, and this was for over a year, would change this individual. And what it did is it changed me. It made my heart more tender, more patient, more kind. And I was able to see this individual through the eyes of the Savior, not as they were, but what through Christ they could become. And as a consequence of that, we did eventually have a really good relationship. And I'm so grateful for that. These are such great thoughts. Um, we will end there. What a great discussion. I feel like Preach My Gospel says learning to be like Christ is a lifelong pursuit, and I just feel like I have a lifetime of things to keep thinking about from our discussion today. So thank you so much for your comments. Elders and sisters, as you've had thoughts or questions about anything you've heard in the podcast today, we encourage you to reach out to your mission leaders um, and continue working and thinking about the things that we've shared today. There's a lot to study and preach my gospel on this topic. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.